Cork are in serious trouble. In the Munster Championship, they're going to get beaten. They're going to get beaten early. And when the Cork crowd turn against them, they turn so harsh. The Football Pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on the second half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head at performances which just lacked that intensity. Well, as we do here every morning, every Monday morning on OTBAM, we go through the good, the bad and the grand of the weekend's sport. As you can see on screen, we've got uh, a couple of interesting talking points here, Tommy, in the red, in the bad, a couple mm. of uh, terrible, terrible performances over the course of the weekend. And in there at number five is a story that we've been covering for quite some time here on the show. We have been uh, watching the highs and the lows of the Welsh rugby team. We brought you news last year of Welsh fans projectile vomiting all over the Principality Stadium. And that wasn't even after a terrible, terrible loss. And I wonder where the projectile vomiting fans are this morning after watching their team getting beaten <laughs> by Italy. Italy, the team we wanted kicked out of the Six Nations. We wanted to make this a Five Nations. We wanted promotion, relegation. We wanted Georgia in instead of Italy. That Italy have beaten your Wales uh, in a fairly humbling moment for your team. We, like, I mean, we should say that uh, this is actually the story of, of Italy, to be quite honest with you. This is this, the story of uh, an, an amazing last gasp try, uh, a, a brilliant emotional moment for the, the, the rugby people of Italy. Phenomenal commentary from, from the Italian commentator, which we, which we might bring you uh, in, in a little while, and just a great moment. But it is also kind of the story of Wales. It is absolutely the story of Wales, especially here this morning on OTBAM. Anyone who knows our, I suppose, jousts and battle with Wales Online over the weekend would have been tuning in. I'm sure we've got a lot of fans here this morning hate-watching already, but to do so without mentioning Italy, it was difficult not to put Italy up on screen this morning because, my God, the scenes at the final whistle. The scenes once that conversion went over, because I think, not that there was any chance that the conversion wouldn't have been nailed, but... You couldn't let the emotion out. It was nearly like a VAR goal being scored. The fact that they were still a point down. Um, I'm seeing there that, uh, you know what, I don't have the Italy audio ready. I should have had the Italy audio ready this morning. It was absolutely sensational, the commentary of that try. Um, Padovani touched it down right under the posts. But it was a Capuzzo who who broke the fullback, who broke through the line, that insane break. Ah, it was just, it was unbelievable. Like, and it makes it, I don't know, like... Uh, Especially in the year that's in it, in the last couple of years. Um, actually, yeah, no, especially in the last couple of years, Italy and their place in the Six Nations being been a question so much. I don't know. Like, I don't know whether you think they, there should be a chance that they're out of it, but it was amazing to see uh, those scenes at the weekend. Yeah, uh, I, I was uh, at the Ireland match on Saturday, but even around Balls Bridge beforehand, um, I was just kind of meeting somebody and it was just this massive roar Two massive roars from the pub across the road and, and he just had to kind of uh, run over and actually uh, get the, the fact that, the, find out what was actually happening. And uh, it was just this, this, this joyous moment that every rugby fan wanted to see over, over the last little while. Like you, you mentioned there that it is kind of like a VAR-like moment, uh, Kieran Crowley, relatively stoic when uh, they actually, uh, when, when they actually um, scored a try. And then uh, the, the, the conversion, uh, obviously, is the, the, the key moment. And I think we can actually bring you the commentary uh, of that great moment of uh, Italy's winning try. 
Domani Capuozzo Prova ad andarsene Capuozzo 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 Yeah, Italy uh, in the green really this morning uh, and uh, it's, mm. uh, it's Wales who uh, have a, a dire Six Nations I think it's fair to say at the end of it all and um, I mean after last year where they looked like they were going to be the team who didn't really impress on paper and actually get the job done it seems to have been quite a turnaround this year uh, from Wales but I guess as form has sometimes shown us in the past Wales come good on a World Cup year and uh, Ireland for example tend to fall flat so it's going to be very very interesting to see their graph over the next little while uh, we are going to come back to the rugby in just a moment elsewhere in the performance rankings but we just want to uh, move on to Everton who are also in the red after their FA Cup hammering at the hands of Crystal Palace yesterday like this was like a, possibly the definition of, of a sporting collapse where they looked okay for uh, a good section of the game for a quarter of the game and then once they concede that 25th minute opener at uh, Crystal Palace the whole thing just fell apart they ended up losing 4-0 to Crystal Palace and this has been a fascinating story to watch as well over the last little while yes they've had that Alexander Awobi late winner the other night and that may well be a, a crucial result for them in the, the grand scheme of things the FA Cup is not going to be the thing that keeps Frank Lampard uh, and, and Everton happy or keep uh, give them uh, non-sleepless nights they're currently in 25th on 25 points three points clear of the relegation zone uh, ahead of Watford when they're back in Premier League action that'll become more into view uh, but Frank Lampard not a happy camper after yesterday's 4-0 hammering, here's what he had to say. So much you can keep trying to butter someone up to give them confidence. There's a balance of confidence stroke. We're playing at the cutthroat end of football here. This is the quarterfinal today to get to Wembley. And if you haven't got the confidence to play, then I'll, you can quickly flip it and say, have you got the... Um, the... to play? Sorry, excuse me, but I can't... You know, that's, that's the football reality. Um, and if you fall somewhere in the middle, then don't worry about it because we didn't play that badly today and Palace didn't play that well today and we lost 4-0 because of a lack of confidence and a lack of what I just said. Yeah, uh, Frank Lampard questioned the balls of his team uh, after that yesterday, Tommy. He's also put a bit of pressure, not a bit of pressure, but he certainly looked back on some of the decisions that have been made at the club before he got there. Mm. Like I mean, he says it's a, a challenge because it's been there for for quite a long time before I got here and um, like he doesn't have a, a magic wand to get inside people's heads and change the resilience across a whole squad. Is that the sort of thing that you feel will spur Everton on over the next little while or do you think that it's a situation where they need the arm around the shoulder and be like, it's okay, losing 4-0 to Crystal Palace actually isn't that bad a result? Yeah, it's very difficult to know because that 99th minute winner late, was it late Thursday night, Alex Iwobi's winner was like, that looked like the moment that might spark their season into place. Like That was such a huge result against Newcastle. You saw the celebrations afterwards. There's, there's a great video actually of Richarlison sprinting from the bench to join the celebrations, all the players together. A moment like that felt like the type of thing that might bring a season and kickstart a season, kickstart a new managerial reign. Has this been the worst manager's bounce that any 
manager has ever had going into a, a new club. Like Lampard just really hasn't got a tune out of them at all. Um, looking on yesterday, I was kind of half thinking because they've been dragged into the relegation battle, not that they threw the FA Cup quarter final or that they didn't turn up and try it, but did it really matter to Everton that no. they weren't? They, no, were, they didn't like make the, it through. They need to stay up in the Premier League this year. The, the results does not matter, uh, I guess, in the when they're looking at what's going to be important to them at the end of the season. But it is just another moment that exposes where they are as a team at the moment. And if you've got your manager coming out lambasting you after that, then it's it's not mm. a fantastic moment um, to be in. Like I mean, the, the next couple of fixtures are obviously huge. They play West Ham. Uh, yeah. after the international break and then it's it's Burnley uh, which is obviously a, a massive game West Ham at the weekend just looks so tired and exhausted and you want to be playing West Ham after a Europa League game for example uh, after one of the Lyon games as opposed to after an international break so that's actually a very very tricky fixture for them they have to play Manchester United they have to play Liverpool they have to play Chelsea they have to play Arsenal they have to go to Leicester City before the end of the they season were, Those are they the were due to play Watford this weekend yeah. obviously in a, in a six pointer um, like does the signing of a Wobie just sum up the the misspent money at Everton and the mismanagement over the last couple of years? When you look at Arsenal's setup at the minute, how they cleared out so much dead wood and they are operating with such a young team at the minute and playing so well, playing football in the way that Arteta wants to play. And then you realise that Everton spent the cuts of 40 million euros on Alex Wobie a couple of years ago. As an Arsenal fan, was a Wobie, were you worried when a Wobie was leaving? Were you Were you happy when they got that much from Ah, not at all. I, th- I think that you weren't worried whatsoever. I think that he kind of reached a, a point, and it was it was almost predictable that he was going to go to Everton. There was uh, that feeling. So he, well, he moved in well, twenty nineteen, three years mm-hmm. ago. He's twenty two. So there's obviously the the uh, potential for him to go and explode uh, at a at a different club. And look, I mean, maybe Everton fans will say the the last gas winner the other night is something that will uh, kickstart him. But I mean, it's uh, at the age of twenty five now kind of looking for a number of different kickstarts uh, to his career so no it's been a bit of a flop and it's probably a little bit of hindsight being 2020 but uh, there was there was certainly an element that you could probably see coming over the last little while that that, that Iwobi wasn't going to wasn't going to make it or wasn't going to repay that transfer fee uh, those are in the red this morning Wales and Everton uh, we are putting Gaelic football this morning into the amber Tommy why is that? We're putting Gaelic football in the amber because I think it's very clear that we're playing our best competition at the worst time of the year. We are now coming into the final round of the leagues. I make it probably out of 32 counties. You've got about 24, 25 with something to play for. Um, all eight teams in Division 3 have something to play for, whether it be relegation or promotion at the weekend. Four teams in Division 4 can get promoted this weekend. Um, Mead and Clare are the only two teams in Division 2 that don't really have anything to play for now. And saying that, even Clare need to get a result of some sort up and down. Um, down are already out. Carrier through to the league final and they're likely to play either Mayo or Armagh. So maybe Carrier the only team that don't have something to play for in the final day. Kildare, Donegal, Tyrone, Dublin, Monaghan are all in relegation battles this weekend. Next weekend in the National Football League is going to be insanely competitive. It's going to be crazy. The one issue that we've got this weekend is that Tipperary and London are playing on Saturday night. If that game doesn't get moved to Sunday which is the same uh, it's 2 o'clock on Sunday, the same time as all the other Division 4 games, it means that Leitrim and Sligo on the Sunday will end up being a dead rubber if Tipperary beat London on Saturday night. That's the one issue we have with the league this weekend. It is a bloody brilliant competition. But Owen, it's been so difficult to get a read on form for the first four weeks of the season. Mm. It, they've been played in such terrible weather, um, horrendous winds, rain. I was obviously 
the definition of a fair weather fan complaining about the, the rain down in Tralee last weekend. You're well used to being there in all sorts of conditions. Like, if we could just flip it and put this competition to the summer, I think we'd be, we would have the finest product of sport in the land. Like, it is so competitive. Even Claire and Mead yesterday, poor game of football. Both teams cancelled each other out. But it went down to the wire and it was dramatic. And that's all people care about. Whereas we're going to walk into a competition in three weeks' time and yes, there's going to be headline games like Mayo-Galway, but there's going to be so many mismatches in the provincial championships already. And then when it gets to the and Cup, we're going to have the issues that we're seeing, which is that these games just aren't going to get the coverage. Unless there's a new media deal ripped up, unless there's games streamed live on YouTube or GABO, we're just not going to see enough of the games. But yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel this weekend. It's a bit of a poison chalice. The league is going to be over next week and it might be our, our most competitive Sunday of the entire year. Yeah, and like it has, even within all these conditions, been really good. Those conditions being bad weather, the fact that the incentive actually isn't overly there to win it for the top teams. Like as I said earlier on, I think that the atmosphere would actually be better at a ground where you've got two relegation-threatened teams in Division 1 going up against one another as opposed to two teams chasing the league title because the league title like isn't all that important. Staying in Division 1 is more important than that. Getting those games consistently year after year is what teams want to get out of the league. That actually, if you add in the fact that that could have been a race towards an All-Ireland title uh, in better weather as well, in the middle of summer, in bigger stadiums quite often when it comes to some of these counties, you'd have an even better version of what is already the best version of Gaelic football that we're getting. So I think what this does over the next little while is that it shows up maybe the decision that they came to last year not to, to implement the, the, the moving of the, the league to the mm. summertime. And, and I think it'll continue to show up the provincial championships in particular over the next little while because what you've got is you've got these, these, these brilliant games over, over the, the next little while and then uh, obviously there's going to be a couple of hammerings dished out in the provincial championships and it's inevitable and it's obvious. And that is the, the true definition, I would say, of, of a dead rubber. The, the idea that you know exactly what the result is going to be before the game takes place and that unfortunately is going to be the case for a lot of those fixtures that take place in the provincial championships. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Just to give a mention to a couple of games this coming weekend, Monaghan-Dublin. That's a relegation playoff in Monaghan. That is going to be a belter. Tyrone have to win in Kerry. Um, Kildare need to beat Mayo away from home. Shout out to Kildare, by the way. 24 points to put up against mm. Monaghan at the weekend. Um, and then in Division 2, Cork and Offaly, the losers go down. In Division 3, um, there's a lot of drama. I don't know if you saw it, but Fermanagh and Westmead drew at the weekend. one twelve to or sorry, one nine to 12 points. But late in the second half, Sean Quigley got a ball. And I'm telling you, this ball went over the black spot. I'm not sure if you saw it, but the umpires flagged it wide. So Fermanagh now are in a bit of bother. They they should have had an extra point there. They should have actually probably beaten Westmead. I know other things might happen in the last 10 minutes. But in Division 3, Antrim and Loud are, are at the top. Westmead, Limerick and Fermanagh can also still make it into the into the promotion playoff for Division 2 next year, which is massive. Um, Longford, Leash and Wicklow are kind of all playing off to, to get out there. Cavan are in control in Division 4. Uh, as I said, Leitrim and Sligo, that's a, a bit of a provincial playoff for that final pr- promotion slot. But if Tipperary get the job done against London, they're going to go up with Cavan. So a lot to play for this weekend in the National Football Leagues. Yeah, for sure. What's the what's the best uh, version of events you think that could that could happen in Division 1 over the course of the... This weekend, this is the, the the last weekend of it. What's um, what way do you see it going? Yeah, that's a that's a difficult one to predict. Um, like it's hard. 
I think Jack O'Connor is still going to pick a relatively strong Kerry team against Tyrone. I think he might rest a couple of players, but also you got to remember those Kerry players are playing for their position. So I'm not sure like Kerry are going to make anything easy for Tyrone this weekend um, as they travel down. They're they're in need of a win. Monaghan Dublin is going to be really really interesting because we've started to see Dublin coming back into form. They really looked at home yesterday, a sunny afternoon in Crow Park. Niall Scully scored a brilliant goal. He went for goal himself, tried to chip the keeper from 40, 50 yards. Brian Ho- Howard was swinging over beauties with the outside of the boot. Brian Fenton was back in his groove. Um, James McCarthy was starting. Dublin looked really good yesterday. They were motoring really well. They really looked like the Dublin seen, team that we've seen over the last couple of years. And then Monaghan, they've been one of the stories of the last decade, their ability to stay in Division 1 for so long with you know such small resources at their disposal. That was such a flat performance against Kildare. Kildare were, were well in control for the majority of that game. Conceding 24 points is massive. Monaghan could well be going down this weekend. But again, at home to Dublin, you never know what they might turn around. And a Mayo-Kildare is probably the game to watch. Mayo are trying to make it into a league final. When you say that some teams don't care that much about winning the National Football League, I agree. I think there's an element of over the last couple of years you've even seen with Mayo. At certain stages in their development, some teams don't need to win the league. They just need to get, you know, battles into the system or get their players playing games where they might be up against their backs against the wall I feel like Mayo could really do it winning the league this year they've got the back-to-back All-Ireland Finals which they've lost they won a league a couple of years ago was it back in 2019 to back Kerry I think for the development of this team quite a young team they need to experience winning in Crow Park again and I think it would be a big one for them to get to a league final and win that so I think Kildare might be up against it I think Monaghan are going to be up against it and again I think Toronto are going to be up against it like so I'm not sure if I'm giving Donegal much up against Armagh. I think they're going to be playing to win too. So The Dubs are staying up. Know. You're saying the Dubs are staying up. I think the Dubs are going to stay up this weekend. But I think Monaghan, if any, if any team could be difficult to play away in the last game of the season, I think it could be up Monaghan. Are the Dubs actually back? Is, like we've had two weeks of them winning now at this point. Are, like, mm. And it does seem that the, the signs are, are, are getting a lot more positive. The opposition the last couple of weeks, maybe not as good as some of the teams they played in the first three weeks in particular of the National League, but there is also the sense that Dublin are just able to, to grind these things out again. That There is definitely an air of early season dubs of three or four years ago off this team again where they weren't amazing in those years in the National League, but there was still a, enough of a gulf between them and the rest for them to, to win games by four or five points regularly. Yeah, the, I don't think we've overreacted at all with Dublin on. I think we were all analysing what was in front of us and it was that this Dublin team were so alien to the dubs that we had witnessed, that insane team we saw from even 2015 to, to 2021, if you want to take the six years. Are they back? I never felt they fully went away. Like, even against Kildare, they're beaten. It was amazing to see it. They were fallible. They were making mistakes. But they had three unbelievable goal chances, like three glaring goal chances, each of them from about three yards out that they failed to score. They definitely are playing with a bit more swagger. They're in a bit of a groove. Conor Callaghan's going to come back soon. Um... There was a question hanging over them and James Dunne who made it on the football pod a couple of weeks ago that it's next to impossible to get up to championship speed if you haven't played three or four games in the league. That is very, very difficult. He would have battled back from injuries himself. Now, I would argue that Dublin are going to make it through Leinster without much bother once again. Um, are they set to face Kildare in the, in the Leinster semi-final? If they get by that, I think Dublin are going to be cooking well enough for a championship semi-final. But for the first time in a long time, if the Dubs have any injuries, like other teams, if the Dubs are missing a Conor Callaghan or a Kieran Kilkenny in the summer, well, that's when the trouble is going to be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move on to the green this morning. 
on the performance rankings. By the way, I should say that OTBAM is brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs uh, for, an effortless, for an effortless finish to your day. Uh, every week, we are giving away Gillette Labs shaving kit. So to be in with a chance of winning, just let us know who you think should make the performance rankings. The best place to enter is the Off The Ball Instagram page. You'll see the comments box in our story. Plenty of good shouts there this morning. You've got uh, Chavis Barcelona and Aubameyang uh, in with a shout there on El Clasico. A big win for them last night against Real Madrid. Uh, but to bring us on to the green this morning, the football we're going with is Tottenham Hotspur uh, as the race for the top four heats up. Uh, they beat West Ham United 3-1 yesterday. Kurt Zuma on goal and two goals from Hyung-Min Son as well. This Antonio Conte pattern continues every loss that they have is followed by a win and every win that they have is followed by a loss it does feel though that they're ready to start stringing a few results together they've got Newcastle Villa Brighton Brentford next up Arsenal very much looking over their shoulder a vital win for them on Saturday against Aston Villa and Manchester United still very much in the mix that result yesterday probably puts West Ham out of the picture for the top fourth this spot we've got a proper three horse race Arsenal with a three point cushion and a one game cushion on Tottenham but they have to play each other that is one of those situations where it's going to be High stakes, do not bottle it sort of situation when Arsenal do play Tottenham uh, whenever that game gets refixed for. Uh, like it's, it's going to be hard until we actually see that happen to know whether or not Arsenal have the bottle. Um, but it definitely feels that the way that they've ground out a few results, it looks positive. But uh, we're putting Spurs in the green, Tommy, because Conte feels is ready, as I say, to go on a bit of a run with this team and that he's, he's finally got this team clicking. I was surprised to see Spurs in the green this morning. Oh, and I thought you might have put Arsenal in there. It was a massive win they got against Villa. They may not have been playing as well as they have been in recent weeks. Spurs are on a roll with Conte. I was surprised to see, and we're going to hear from Brian Kerr a little later. Brian doesn't reckon that Spurs are going to have enough to make the top four. So whether that's the fact that he thinks they'll fall short against Arsenal in that in that uh, six-pointer, I think it's fair to say that this race for the top four is going to give the National Football League a run for its money over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Um, United and Arsenal are set to face in the middle of April too, aren't they? Yeah. Or is that second of April? Like so, that's going to be a, a huge match as well. Um, it feels like Arsenal are in control though. It feels like Arsenal with that game in hand, it's 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 all within their own destiny. They can control it themselves. They're playing so well. I think Arsenal are in prime position here to to take that four Champions League spot. I, I was quite concerned about what would happen if they received a bit of a setback uh, and you looked at that Liverpool fixture and you were like, there's going to be a setback coming right at you down the track. Liverpool will almost certainly win that game because their recent record against Arsenal is so good. And I was mm. definitely a bit concerned that once Liverpool won that game, that it was going to be a situation where they draw against Aston Villa or, or, or struggle to get across the line. Uh, and in actual fact, they ground a result at 1-0, which definitely suggests to me a mental strength which you're still low to say you're still never sure if you can actually say that sort of stuff out loud in case uh, you look like an idiot in a couple of weeks time but it definitely feels that they, that they they managed to brush that result off and like their fixture list in the very short term isn't that bad but you're right it's those fixtures in April which are going to be absolutely vital and they're going to determine uh, whether or not it's going to be Champions League football for them next season but Tottenham I think have got huge momentum behind them at the moment and I don't think anybody else in the Arsenal 
or Manchester United camps have anything like the relationship that, that Son and Kane have at the moment. And I think Kulisevsky has mm. been an absolutely outstanding signing. He's been class. So I think yeah. they're, they're looking brilliant going forward. So uh, I, I, I really do think that this, this, there's going to be another twist or there's possibly going to be another twist in that tale for the top four before the end of the season. Uh, before yeah. we rag, uh, finish up in the performance rankings in uh, number one place is France. They get the job done. They get the Grand Slam. It's been a long time since we've seen France in the winner's enclosure in the Six Nations, but I think a lot of us would have predicted this coming at the, the start of the year. The one question was whether or not they would have had the mental strength to get over the line and see it out. And there was definitely a few hiccups throughout yeah. this year's Six Nations, Tommy, where you thought, right, could France actually bottle this? Like maybe even in the game against Wales the previous week, you thought, right, this thing could, could collapse on them. What I do think, though, is that I think France are better than even this suggests. Yes, they have a Grand Slam in, in, in their hands, but they don't even have the best scoring difference. Ireland have the best scoring difference coming out of this, this Six Nations. I think that they've actually dealt with a lot of the anxiety and got over the line and they've got their hands on the Grand Slam. And I think that is a huge, huge mountain for them to climb uh, as this young team tries to conquer next year. They've made, they're, they're not keeping any secrets. They're not making any bones about the fact that they know that they're a World Cup contender at home at the end of next year. And once they got that first Grand Slam off the back, uh, I think that they could do another one next year. I think they could, could do back-to-back championships at least. And I think this team is going to be around, obviously, for a very, very long time. Uh, so France, obviously, in the green and, uh, and, and the Grand Slam for them. A brilliant team to watch as well, Tommy. Yeah, I totally agree with Joan. I think it was psychological factor of it was massive for France this time around it's fair to say that uh, while the score difference was was what it was Ireland was were quite a bit ahead um, and you know England and Wales are 11 points off Ireland in second like they've finished on 10 points to them it is fair to say that France were the best team even though it was only a point in the difference France were definitely the best team this time around um, the hype is real I think it's interesting that they, they had those couple of hiccups and they came through them winners Good winners always find a way to win. I think Ireland's Grand Slam um, a couple of years ago, the year of Le Drop with Sexton, we found a way to win those games that year. We may not have been playing, you know, at 110% of, of what we could do. It was a pity that that was the pinnacle of that team and the peak that we hit. I don't think that this is going to be the peak of France that we've seen so far. I think France are primed. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year in the Six Nations. Like, do you taper off a little bit next year in the Six Nations in in anticipation of the World Cup? Or are you trying to win back-to-back Grand Slams? It's hard to know. Um, but there was a couple of moments. Was there, was like genuinely, I, I had a couple of points. Paddy's day I was trying to keep half an eye in the game. Or not Paddy's on Saturday. I was trying to keep half an eye in the game. Was there ever a chance that England were going to get over the line to beat them? They had a chance for half time for a try that. Um, that would kind of felt short. Was there ever a, a real danger that France were going to lose on, on Saturday night? Yeah, I think there's probably a, a more real danger that the France were going to lose than, than Ireland were going to lose in their, their game against mm. Scotland, to be honest. And I think England probably uh, got their got their things together in the, the second half when they were really up against it. But it was it was just too late. And it, like, I, I, I didn't think before the game that depending on England for a favour was was an overly yeah. likely outcome. And we will get into England a little bit later on with, with Alan Quinlan as well because uh, a whole heap of questions about where they're at at the moment. Like, based on absolutely nothing and based on just pure kind of history and, and trends, I do think that maybe next year England will just show up and all of a sudden they're a, a big contender again, especially with Eddie Jones at the helm. But whether or not Eddie Jones is even going to be head coach at the start of next year's Six Nations, I think if you're reading the papers this morning, that very much remains to be seen uh, because a lot of people... I uh, don't necessarily want him in charge at the moment. Uh, one last thing to finish up this morning on with the performance rankings. It is, I would say, one of the, the stories of the weekend. The, the Formula One 
was back to Bahrain Grand Prix. So the return of Ferrari, uh, a real return for Ferrari. A lot of people uh, predicted beforehand that this was going to be a big season for them. Charles Leclerc and uh, Carlos Sainz with a 1-2 finish in the opening race of the season. So that is a a massive storyline. But it's not the big storyline. The big storyline, as ever with modern Formula 1, is whether or not Gunther Steiner is happy. Like, I mean, he has entertained all of us in Drive to Survive being a grumpy man because he is very, very funny when he is a grumpy man. He is the most likeable person in possibly any sport ever. And we just all want to see Gunther Steiner do well. So I think people will, uh, uh, will, will forgive me for saying that I think this was a good news story over the weekend, that they got points on the board. They got Mick Schumacher in at 11th, but in a fifth place, they got Kevin Magnussen making a return to Formula One with a top five finish. Absolutely incredible. But most importantly, this guy was happy. Look at that smile. We've missed that smile, Gunter. <laughs> yeah, I missed it as well. I think, uh, no, it was uh, what the whole team did. I mean, if you think about the last two years and then coming back like this, it's, uh, I mean, you cannot, uh, you, you cannot write a story like this, in my opinion. But uh, the guys, I mean, uh, the guys on the racetrack the last two years, I mean, they, they had uh, tough times, but they, they kept their, their head low, learned, and uh, the pit stops today were good. Everything was just fine, and they took the years, uh, the, the last year to, to get ready for a better car. And the, and the guys delivered a, a good car this year. So uh, it's all down to the team. I'm, they can be all very proud. I mean, I'm proud of them, you know. So it, it, it's, it's just fantastic. I mean, I can't, I can't say more, you know. It's, uh, uh, but it's all down to the team, you know. Uh, it's, uh, Kevin did a fantastic job. I mean... For him, a comeback like this, he wouldn't have dreamt of, I think, you know, but uh, things happen in life. A month ago, it was a completely different scenario, and now, all of a sudden, we are fifth. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. OTBAN. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.